One of the best ways to keep up with church life is through the City Life app. The City Life app enables you to listen to messages from Sunday, explore the Bible while listening to messages, stay up to date with church life through our Connect section, and much more. Download the City Life app in the App Store or Google Play Store today. Welcome to the City Life Podcast. We're all about making Jesus known. We pray these messages will help equip you to become a follower of Jesus who is empowered to influence and shape culture. Enjoy the message. Welcome to Sunday Church. So good to see you guys. I'm Tim. I'm your pastor. And let's jump into God's Word. Let's jump into God's Word. Have a seat. And uh, I'd love it if you would get your Bibles. Uh, If you have a Bible, Bible app, get it open to Romans chapter 8, verse 2. Romans 8, 2. That's in the New Testament near the back of your Bible. While you're looking that up, in Romans 8, 2, the ushers are distributing these, these cards. And uh, they're, they're, as they pass these baskets down, I want you to, maybe they're not in baskets, they're in stacks. But they're passing these out to everybody. Eventually, they will be passing these out to you guys. Uh, it's, yes, and they're coming right now. So I want you guys to take these cards, take one or two of them, pass them down, and uh, and and uh, take these, hold on to them. I want every one of you guys to have at least one or two of these cards. The reason we distribute these is because uh, this is during this series called Plot Twist. Or there's, this is really a good scripture. It goes along with the message I'm sharing today. But I want it to be a reminder of what is shared today. And I encourage you to put this in a place where you're going to see it. In fact, I, the, the scriptures that I chose for this series are memorizable. They're, they're very simple and easy to memorize so that you can get it into your heart and your spirit. Because sometimes when, when you're going along through life and all of a sudden there's a plot twist, things change, you need to lean on some scriptures like this. So I'm going to be using this today. So keep it handy because I'm going to have you reading it here in just a second. Uh, so this is the final message in my three-part series called Plot Twist, and today's message is called, If I Could Turn Back Time. Yeah. Have you guys ever wished you could turn back time? Yeah, yeah. I just, I, I, you know, why are you singing? See, they don't even have your mic on, so you have to sing extra loud. I no, no, you don't have to leave. Why are you singing if I could turn back time? I mean, it's just, that, no, well, that's no, I mean, no, I said, I said, that's the name of the sermon. It's just because you're a musician and you hear something that goes, well, what, okay, uh, once, no, no, actually just go ahead and sing. Let's just see how far you can get. <laughs> okay, all right, all right. Good. That's good. That's good. That's good. That's good. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Who needs share? All right. Let's do this. But, but you know, we all kind of wish we could turn back time. Maybe some of you think if I could just turn back time and go back to the beginning of the day and start over, that'd be great. Uh, possibly go back to the beginning of the year and start over, and that'd give you an opportunity to correct a bad decision, avoid a disaster, maybe uh, steer around some kind of relational uh, landmine that's there. And and uh, because now you know, so if you can go back in time and fix it, then, then that's great. But we all think that from time to time, right? I mean, but think about it. I mean, really, who wants to go back all those years in time and? 
and I certainly don't want to go back in time. I, I was just thinking about that as I was preparing this message. Like, who would want to go back to the, the 70s? Like, oh, no, no. I mean, and and I, like, I wouldn't even want to go back to the 80s. I mean, the 80s, I mean, we had cool music in the 80s, and all of you guys listen to it because you think it's cool. And it is cool because you know it's cool, but half of you weren't even born at that time. But I was there, and I experienced it. But, the, you know, the nice thing is, is that I don't want to go back there. I don't want to go back there. But still, we kind of think, man, if I could just do something different. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's this thing of if I had known then what I knew now, I would have done this or done this or done this. But time travel isn't possible. Yet at the same time, because of stuff that happens, you're hurting. You're hurting emotionally. You're hurting. You have, you, you have a pain in your heart regarding relationships. Um, you're struggling because of career decisions and issues. And so, so what are you going to do? We all get hit with craziness in life. And here's the truth, though. I'm just going to be honest with you. God never promised that your life would be smooth sailing all your life. In fact, God never said there's no pain when you start following me. No, not at all. In fact, one of the wonderful things about the Bible, the scriptures that, that I love, that I hold so dear, is that all through the scriptures are the stories about pain. In fact, every story that's in the Bible is a story of pain. Uh, a lot of stories of regret and heartbreak, uh, stories about physical pain, emotional, financial pain, and spiritual stress and strain and frustration. That's why the writings of the Bible are actually so relevant because it's real stuff. Hey, you're not alone in your struggles. You're not alone in your pain. I know the truth is everybody just, you know, it just, you, you feel like this. You just seem like you're going along. You kind of get things going and you have your ducks in a row, so to speak. You're ready to move. Then, and then all of a sudden, bam, there's this plot twist in your life and it just changes everything. And then you're wounded and you're in pain and you're hurt and you're broken. And what are you going to do? Well, one thing for certain that I know that I want you to receive today, that I want you to get is written on this card right here. Regardless of what's going on, look at it. Look at this. He heals the brokenhearted, and he binds up their wounds. I want you to say it out loud with me. Come on, it's right in front of you and on the screen. Say it with me. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. Come on, say it again. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. Today, I mean, if I can convince you of anything today... I want to convince you to lean into the love of God and allow God to heal your heart regarding whatever has happened in the past. Don't let what happened in the past dictate your future. Although, please understand, it's your decision as to whether you're going to let it dictate your future or not. Interesting, over the past three and a half years, I've been having some crazy, like, uh, physical setbacks. Things I just never saw coming, not at all. I mean, and, and again, I, if I could go back in time, I know I would avoid what, what happened, and, and I, they wouldn't have happened. But, you know, I can't go back and dodge the trigger. Uh, it's just, they're just things, the things happen sometimes. Plot twist. First of all, was, uh, you know, when I was working out about three and a half years ago, I experienced a TIA, which is a mini stroke. And, and, and it's like, I'm too young for that. That's not supposed to happen. And, you know, it's no fun when all of a sudden you realize your blood pressure is out of control. And I subsequently learned that exercise and healthy eating and all those right things that you're doing in your life, that doesn't necessarily stop those, uh, those problems from happening because when your stress is in overload, your body shuts down. Whoop, okay, I learned a new thing there. And uh, plot twist on my life, 
tell me today, thank God my blood pressure is just fine. I don't take meds, and, but, I, but I'll also tell you it was a very dark time as I was trying to figure out what in the world was wrong with my body and then realized it was stress. I needed to learn how to deal with that better. Then finally, when my blood pressure was under control, a few months later, uh, you know, right out here in front of the building, early one morning in the dark, I stepped in the wrong place on the sidewalk and ended up breaking my patella. It's, just, uh, it's, it's no fun breaking your knee, I'll just tell you that. I mean, who would know that such a small bone in the body can jolt so much of your life? I remember the doctor saying, well, you know, one thing here is that, is that uh, you know, people who have this kind of injury, they're going to get, you get off for six months. You don't have to go to work for the next six months. I'm like, well, you don't understand my job. That isn't good. that doesn't get to happen. I still have to do all this stuff, and so I, I'm crutching around town and up here on crutches and, tra- and preaching from a, a table. And I have to sit down, and it, it was it was crazy. I, I didn't I didn't enjoy it. There was no fun in that at all. Uh, and then a year later, uh, as I was recovering, kind of coming off the end of that, I fractured my ankle on the same leg as the broken patella, and it hurt so bad, and it slowed the healing of the whole leg, and so it just took even longer. You know, and looking back at all the stuff in the rearview mirror, I, I just like, I wish if I could have done this different or this different or diff, this different, I wouldn't have been in the pain. Yeah, and, and today, I mean, I still feel tightness in my knee, and, and I, I just hate it. I don't want that. But if I live in regret and frustration and angry at the past and angry at a person or angry at a situation, then I'm doomed. Because living in the past is a trap. It's a trap. As your pastor, I just want to tell you this. I, I, I see a lot of people walking through life, and in all honesty, it's very heartbreaking to see many people really just camping out in the past in their life. They're obsessed with this thought that the past cannot change, and so they're stuck with their current situation. And really what happened is people who are living that way, you're, you're turning your backs on your future, on a very grand future that God has for you. If, if you remain camped out in your past, which cannot be altered, it can't be changed, you're turning your back on a grand future. You can never give 100% of yourself to the present if you keep dwelling in the past. Keep thinking about your failures or what was done to you or a bad decision or an accident or a broken relationship. Your potential will never reach its maximum capacity if you don't leave yesterday in yesterday. Your future goals, they're going to be delayed. And then what, what, what I've seen happen so often is, is the goals are delayed and then insecurity and fear begins to take over and, that, and, and, and dominates your mind, dominates your emotions. And, and then it just ends up being in this giant heap of this, this emotional complaining all of the time. So I'm telling you guys, there's a lot at stake if you choose to remain and stuck in your past. And truthfully, your life will be unhappy. But yet... At the same time, some of you are there right now. You're saying, okay, wow, this is making sense to me. <laughs> well, if it's making sense to you, then today's your day for healing, and I want you to believe God for that. And don't doubt it. Believe that God has healing for you. But there's one thing uncertain. certain. You can't go back in time, so drop it. 
Live in the day. Live in this day God has given you. I make it my goal each day to wake up, you know, with each day with a positive and vibrant spirit as positive as possible. You know, ever, ever since I was a little kid, my, my mom, my dad, they, they say, oh, man, they, you know, Timmy, little Timmy, you know, little Timmy. That was little Timmy way back then. It's like, yeah, you wake up in the morning and you were a grouch. And, and then Rebecca's going, yeah, he still is. I'm like, oh, no, no, stop it. Stop it. Be nice. I try. I try really, really, really hard. I try really hard. But I don't wake up in the morning the happiest person. See, you know those, do you, are you, are you, some of you guys know those people who just bounce out of bed like, hey, it's beautiful. It's, I started experiencing those people when I was in college. And I, I was like, I want to kill you. I, I don't care if you're a pastor. I mean, you're going to die. You know. But but I, I'm not that kind of a person. I don't just come leaping out of bed and just doing somersaults and happy and throwing parties. And that's why I try to get out of bed. I've learned this. I try to get out of bed before anyone else in the house so, so nobody has to deal with it. And I work through it. But, but what, I, what I do, though, is, 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 is I, I have to make this choice that regardless of what happened the day before, regardless of what I'm thinking in my head, I learned this a long time ago. I just tell myself, this is the day the Lord has made. I'm making the choice to be glad in this day, and I'm going rejoice in this day so there and I begin doing that and it does help me and I get into some scriptures but but you know what the past is the past you need to leave the past in the past when you wake up each day it's a new day when you guys left home this morning and you got in your car if you were driving the vehicle as you begin driving your vehicle out of your neighborhood and onto the highway to come here to city life, how many of you were staring in your rearview mirror the whole time? No way! Because if you were to do that, you'd crash, right? See, the mirror is given to you so that you can simply have a brief reminder of what's behind you. That's it. See, that's why you glance in the mirror. It's this big. The windshield is this big, all right? You glance in the rearview mirror, but you stay in the moment focused on the future. Hey, that's a good one right there. That's not even on the slides. Stay in the moment focused on the future. It's, It's the same way with your life. Stop looking in the rearview mirror and drive. Drive. I passed this really cool car the other day. And, you know, I mean, you, you think, like, you get to a certain point in, my, in the life, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a guy, I, I like cars, and, but you, man, some of you ladies like cars too. Great, 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 you know, whatever. But I, I, I would eventually think, I thought, you know, eventually at some point in my life, I was like, you'd see a car and go, yeah, it's a car. You know, cars are designed to get you from point A to point B, you know. And, and I'm not obsessed about what I drive anymore at all. But, but I saw this car, and I just, I looked and I liked. And, and I, I, I liked, I really, really liked. And I just started thinking about how beautiful, so shiny, so wonderful. I mean, I just, I just, I, I looked at it and loved it, and the, the car ended up behind me. And, and I was just driving along, and it wasn't down a big highway or anything, but, but I kept looking at the car in, in my rearview mirror. And the next thing you know, you know what I did? I hit the curb. I, I like stinking hit the curb. <laughs> Enjoying the beautiful technology of the rearview mirror, you know? <laughs> Yet, that's what some of you are doing right now. You just keep bumping and bumping and bumping because you're looking at something else that looks a little more shiny than what you have or where you are right now. In fact, one of the, one of the biggest challenges we have is we get into life and we start comparing ourselves with others. You look at someone else who's not in your situation. You say, yeah, they, they're so perfect. They don't have problems. I'm always the loser. You know, they always seem so bright and shiny. My life is so dull and bland. Hey, you got to understand, those are lies that are put in your brain by hell to try to keep you stuck. 
And I'm going to fight against those lies on your behalf today. Yeah, when I was laying on that sofa in my living room, my broken patella, it was not fun. And, and it was funny because I did even think, like one time, I, I remember sitting there thinking, now, now what, did, what did everybody say? It's like everybody I talk to gets six months off. Why don't I get six months off work? Why it's like everyone else takes all this time. Why, why, why don't I? Why don't I? And I, I, I caught myself thinking, no, actually, I love my work. I, I love what I do. What, what am I complaining about? But it was just, it was just these, these horrible thoughts. I, I remember just being so frustrated that, that I, you know, if I'm going to take a shower, that I have to get up and go to the gym. I, I use my gym membership for the showers because, because they had these handicap showers, but then of course you have to find the gym that has the handicap shower working, hint, hint, uh, uh, those of you who are gym managers. But, but uh, I, I, I had to find the right one that, that actually had a working, uh, you know, shower and I could use, I could take my shower there during the right hours the gym was open. I was just like, you know, nobody else has to deal with this. It takes nobody else like two hours to get up, go to the gym, take a shower and come back home. No, nobody else has to deal with that. I can't even shower at my house, and you know it takes me forever to put on my clothes, and I can't even put on my shoe, and and what, how I, I have to have somebody put my shoe on for me, and, and you know how humiliating it is to be at the gym, and you've just showered, and, and you're nice and fresh, and then you have to ask some strange dude, hey, hey, can you put on my shoe for me? You know, it's just like oh, this is this is lie, this is hard. Everyone else has it so easy; they're just walking around, working out, and doing their thing. Let's be honest. Bad things do happen to good people. Okay, I want you to look in Romans chapter 8. I had you turn there a minute ago. Uh, I want to tell you about this letter. This letter was written by one of the greatest leaders in the New Testament. His name was Paul. Uh, Paul was a church planter, and he wrote this. This is a letter that he wrote to the Roman Christians, the Christians who were in Rome. That's why it's called Romans. Uh, and this, he wrote this to them during the reign of Emperor Nero. Bad guy. You guys remember your world history? Bad guy. Very bad guy. Uh, this is at a time when Christians were being burned at the stake. See, the church he planted there in Rome was, had just blown up and it expanded and grown so much. And, but Christians were now being burned at the stake. They were being used as human torches at Nero's evening parties. They were being thrown into the Roman Colosseum and being torn apart by wild animals, butchered by gladiators. And they were taken out there and tortured and executed by their faith, uh, for their faith while thousands of people cheered on. <laughs> you think about it, it's like, and you thought you had it bad. Uh, so what was I complaining about, you know? Yet even though your woes and my woes can't even be compared to the challenges that those Christians were facing in Rome, you can take encouragement along with me from what he wrote to them in Romans chapter number 8. I want you to look at it, Romans chapter 8, verse 2. He said, and we know... That in all things, say all things, say all things. All th okay, we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love Him, who've been called according to His purpose. That means all things are all things. There is no caveat. There's nothing else. That, all things are all things. God is going to work through all things for good. As people who are in, who are in love with God, if you, you know, when, when that love is flowing, that's important. It's a very important. When that love is flowing, because it's already flowing to you, we just got to receive it and give it back. When that love is happening, God then takes your situations, no matter how tragic and horrible they are, and He begins to work them for good. How that works, I don't know, but I know it's true. 
Regardless of your situation, God wants to turn up for good. Look down at verse 31. We're going we're gonna to skip around a little bit here. You can read all of Romans chapter 8. I really encourage you to do that. But look at verse 31 further down. And then he says, what then shall we say in response to these things? Like all the, the bad things that are happening. And then here's, he, he, answer, he gives the answers. He said, if God is for us, who can be against us? Hey, guys, listen to this. God is on your side, and you ultimately win. Look down at verse 35. This only gets better. And then he says, who can even separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble, hardship, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger, or sword? So like all of those horrible things, nothing can separate you from the love of God. In other words, it doesn't matter how bad things are for you. God's still loving you. You're still loving him. He's going to take the bad and he's going to work it for good. How it works, I don't know, but it works. Look at verse 37. Look at verse 37. Paul says this. He says, I like it. I like it. He says, no, in all these things, all what things? Well, the things are trouble, hardship, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger, sword. And all these things, we are more than conquerors. You're not just a conqueror. You're more than a conqueror through him who loved us. In other words, that love of God gets to work in your heart. God's loving you. You're receiving the love of God. You're, turn, you're turning off that hate switch. I hate myself. You're turning that off because the God, love of God is flowing toward you. When that love of God is flowing toward you, you can't hate yourself anymore. How can you hate what God loves? And then you start, you let the love of God comes in you and you begin to love God back. You begin to love other people and something begins to happen in you and you become more than a conqueror in every bad situation in life. And then he says, I am convinced. Now I was like, wait, well, this is just some preacher talking. No, you don't understand. This is a man who went through it. He went through such he went through so much. This guy, his life, he, he, he dealt with so many crazy situations far beyond my ability to even begin to talk about right now. It's all in the New Testament. But he says, I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor death, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, somebody around here say, yeah. 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 And those of you who like saying amen, say amen. amen. Good. <laughs> great. Nothing can separate you from the love of Jesus. And it's the love of Jesus that heals you. You're getting this? You have to understand that life has seasons. There are winter seasons. And those, those are times when everything looks dead. It's cold and you feel hopeless. And during the winter, you keep thinking about spring. Now, here in Texas, we whine about winter, but winter is just a series of cold fronts. But we still love to complain about it, you know. And, and uh, it's, it's like springtime is just around the corner. And, but springtime doesn't just appear one day and be like, boom, the grass is green, the flowers are blooming, everything's nice and happy, and you're running outside in your shorts. It doesn't happen that way. You, look, you, know, you know what it's been like the last two and a half months? I mean, what in the world is going on? It's a process. You know, it's just like up one day, down the next, up one day, but you're coming out of it, up one day, down the next, up one day, down the next. But that's how seasons transition. This year, a good illustration for us is what you're experiencing every day outside is kind of an example of how it comes, how it can get extreme sometimes. I thought I was coming out of this. And you walk outside and good night, I'm freezing. You walk outside with your coat and go, what in the world was I wearing all this for? Where are my shorts? But you know what? God plans the seasons so that 
nature can actually thrive. Nature thrives because of the seasons. It's actually the same for us. The seasons are actually intended to bring out the best in us. I want you to hear a story of Elizabeth about a dark winter season that she went through. My name is Elizabeth Haverman, and I came to City Life because I needed a place, a safe haven, to get some healing in a really difficult time in my life. Before I connected at City Life, my life was a wreck. It was really messed up. I was married for 10 years to a man who was, I guess you could say, very narcissistic, and it caused me to go into a lot of depression in and out, caused a lot of anxiety. He would um, emotionally and verbally and sometimes even physically abuse me. I felt pretty alone. I felt pretty desperate. I mean, I knew God was there, but there were times that I would just scream and yell out in anger to God. Why have you allowed any of this to happen? I have served you and loved you my whole life because I've loved God since I can possibly remember. I got saved at an early age, grew up in a really great Christian home. So to know anything about abuse, I've only heard about it. I didn't I didn't even know what it looked like. I didn't even know it could ever exist in my life. I kept it all to myself, what was going on. I didn't share with my parents. I was hopeful that things would change. I really was hopeful. That's why I stuck around. I was serving and ministering at that time um, at a mega church. I was a worship pastor for about seven years, and I still feel like I was definitely effective during that hard time. It was sometimes it was my way out of my pain. Rebecca and I, I she was the only one that I told her that a threat was made to my life um, back in 2014. I shared with her one day that he told me, I wish I could murder you, and I wish I could put you out of your misery. And that's when I thought, okay, I, I really think he means it. And with all that I've been through and all the things that he's done, and I just, I just don't know if, if it's safe for me to stay anymore. And not just me, my kids. Although he never abused my kids, um, I just didn't know if any of us would be safe after that. So when I told her, um, she told Tim, and then Tim told her, you need to tell Elizabeth to get out of there. So when she called me to tell me that, I was actually on my way to a funeral to sing, and she said, Elizabeth, Tim believes you need to get out of this situation. And literally, I kid you not, it's like a veil just came down, and all of a sudden my eyes were open, and I began to see things in a way that I hadn't seen before. It's almost like this whole time I was just really deceived and just didn't know and couldn't see what I was really in until that moment. I really felt like because I had been on stage and because so many people knew me, again, I needed a safe place to go. Well, nobody really knew me very well. I could just be myself and I don't have to perform of any sort. I don't, there's no expectations put on me and I can just come and just receive the healing rain from God and receive God's strength and, and wisdom and restoration. And so that did start when I left him, first of all. But then I even traveled 45 minutes here at the time and brought all four of my kids. And then um, 
Then I had to move to Mississippi so my parents could help us out for about a year because I wasn't receiving any child support and any help from their dad whatsoever. Coming back here, Again, after being back in Mississippi, I was able to get a job in another church for a short period of time, and that place was a place of restoration. It was even named Restoration Church, and I thought that was a sign of God saying, I'm restoring you, because I didn't even know if I'd ever minister in church again. I didn't know if anybody would want me, because I felt like, who's going to want someone who's been divorced, a, a single mom? in ministry. Um, I thought people would frown down and look down upon that. And I felt a lot of shame. I felt lots of guilt. And then God began to show me my worth again because I had lost who I was. And I had lost my sense of value and worth because I had believed lies for so long. And so being able to find myself again and know who I am in Christ. Even though I knew up here, I began to let it seep down back into my heart again. And so as God began to heal my heart, um, I didn't know if I'd even remarry again. (laughs) And so therefore, um, I wasn't looking except as a joke, I signed up for eHarmony. And one of the guys that I started talking to happened to be my husband now. My life right now looks amazing. God healed, He restored, He set me free. Um, But I do believe that God can do anything. And since I do, I'm going to keep moving forward and not look back. I I like those words, I'm going to keep moving forward and not look back. Because friends, that's the determination it takes to get into the next season. In other words, stop looking in the rearview mirror and drive. Hey, I, I know it's hard to have a good attitude when everything's going wrong, though, but your attitude is really the, the true test of your character. And, and, and it's really, it, it comes down to being a daily decision. But your attitude can't be dependent upon your circumstances because your circumstances change and and some of your circumstances really, really stink right now. But if you're going to break out, you have to reject the victim mentality. Because if you're not careful, your thoughts and your emotions, they will destroy you and you will implode during that dark winter season. Also remember this, you're not the only one going through a tough time and your best is still yet to come. Lean into Jesus. Lean into his love. Lean into his life because he heals the brokenhearted and he binds up your wounds. You want healing? You want fresh perspective? Are you willing then to start leaning into the love of Jesus and moving forward in your life instead of living in the regrets of yesterday? I want you to because your healing is now. It's in the here and now. It's a process, but it begins now. God's not through with you. I love it. The oldest writing that's in the Bible is right in the middle of the Bible. It's, it's called the book of Job, J-O-B. And it's the story of a man who was well-loved, very respected, a wealthy man, but he had lost everything. He lost his business. He lost his children. His, uh, he lost his marriage. He lost his health. And even his relationships fell apart. And the so-called friends that were with him were, were jabbing at him constantly. Like, what's wrong with you? How could everything bad happen to you? God must not like you. You must be really have secret sin in your life. 
But in the end, Job forgave his friends who had insulted him and who had berated him in his darkest night. And when Job extended that forgiveness and began to pray blessing back on those so-called friends who were so mean to him, things shifted for him because his prayers actually became the catalyst for his healing and his restoration. See, a good way to tell whether you're ready to move forward is can you pray, play blessing on that person who hurt you? Well, if you can't, then that's where you just got to keep forgiving. Forgive, fall in love, let the love of God come into you. Love God. That's why we, we, you know, missing praise and worship at the beginning of the service is one of the worst things you can do because that's the opportunity just to tell God how much you love him regardless of how you feel. And you just love God. God loves on you. Then you can forgive and then you can pray blessing and God restores. It's a process, but it works. I love it in the message version of the Bible in John, excuse me, Job chapter 42. These words are recorded. It says, after Job had interceded for his friends, God restored his fortune and then doubled it. All his brothers and sisters and friends came to his house and they celebrated. And they told him how sorry they were. They consoled him in his trouble. And he brought these housewarming gifts to him. They just warmed his life back up again. Double restoration. Hey guys, your healing and your restoration begins when you can forgive that person who brought harm on you. And if you made the mistake yourself, that's where you've got to forgive yourself. Today's testimony story was shared by Elizabeth. And after her dark winter season was over, she began to write music again. I remember there's a time of saying, I don't think I'll ever write music again. It's like, yes, you will. Yes, you will. But God dropped a song in your heart. It was a song that was really drawing a line at the end of that winter season. It's a beautiful song. I've asked you to sing it for us today because this song touches my heart deeply and it echoes the message of this message. How many of you are going through a dark winter season right now and you're ready to burst through it and you're just making the decision today that my healing begins today? I'm going to quit looking in that rearview mirror. I'm moving forward, Pastor. Maybe you would just lift your hands right now because I want to connect my faith with you. But you'll say, yeah, that's me, that's me. Yeah, yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, lots of people. Thank you. Put your hands down. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Jesus, I pray right now for your healing and your restoration. To everyone who's hurting in this room, who's in a dark winter place, and they can't see that sun shining. They can't even see the light. It just feels like they're on this treadmill of death and darkness. And I pray that you will show them your light. You will show your love. That you will burst through. That your love will abound in their homes and in their hearts and in their lives. That that restoration, that healing begin today in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Also, just with your eyes closed, being introspective right now, and please no movement in the room. Please not. I just want to ask you one more question. How many of you are here today who've never really surrendered your life to Jesus? You've, maybe you've even drifted from relationship with the Lord and but, but if you want to know this Jesus that I talk about, that we preach and sing about, 
And I want to give you an opportunity to respond just simply by lifting your hand also because faith is when you respond outwardly to what's stirring on the inside. Know this, Jesus loves you more than you can imagine and he died for you so that you can have life and everything changes today. If you want to be a part of this special prayer to surrender your life completely to Jesus, I'm going to ask you also to raise your hand at the count of three for me. One, two, three. Lift your hand for me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You guys can put your hands down. If you lifted your hand, I want you just to pray these words with me along with everyone else in this room. I want us to pray together. I want everybody to pray, but if you lifted your hand, please pray these words out with me. Dear Jesus, thank you for dying for my sin. I believe you're the Son of God. Please forgive my sins. It's time for me to live. So I give up my past. I embrace the future that you have for me. Thank you for giving me hope. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message from City Life Church. You can keep in touch with what is coming this season through social media and our City Life app. And Sunday, our favorite day of the week is on its way. We hope to see you at City Life.